Well, let's get into the sharing of the word this morning. It's important that the word of the Lord Jesus is declared every, every single time because the word of God shapes our lives. And uh, I remember when my dad, many years ago, ordained me into ministry. Uh, he said these words. He said, John, be a Bible man. John, be a Holy Spirit man. I've never forgotten that. And in terms of the Bible, the Word of God, we should love the Word of God. Amen? Won't you say this after me? This is God's Word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Now, as we prepare our hearts for communion, I'd like to share briefly. You can turn to Philippians chapter 3 so long. We're going to look at verse 7 to verse 10 in a few moments' time. So as I'm sharing briefly and preparing our hearts for communion, I'm sharing about quite simply knowing Jesus, knowing Jesus. And it's about the all-surpassing joy of knowing Jesus. Now, if you've just joined us uh, in this time together today, uh, as a local church, we are celebrating 15 years of Choose Life Church. It's truly wonderful. Honestly, it's wonderful, and we have so much to be grateful for. And, and I felt that it would be good to draw our attention to the core reason for our existence. After 15 years, maybe that's a good thing to do on this birthday celebration day, that we draw our attention to that core reason for our existence. And it's summarized in our slogan or our motto, which is the four well-known words that the church knows very well, helping people know Jesus. Now, would you let that motto just sink in a little fresh today? I know that for all of us as Choose Lifers, and, and we, in addition, we welcome all those watching on Faith TV, we welcome all those on Impact Radio and other platforms, but in terms of our local congregation, we all know the words very well, helping people know Jesus. But won't you just let that sink in afresh a little bit today? And I remember before the church started, I was thinking of what are we gonna have as like this little slogan, because yes, we have our, our whole vision, uh, 11 points of our vision, but in a nutshell, what are we really about? And I felt that the Lord said, well, John, you are in the helping business. You are in the helping business, if I can put it that way, business. <laughs> but we're helping people. <laughs> Many people are called to other things and, and they do things to, related to the environment and they do things in terms of technology. But I'm called specifically to help people. And our church's mandate is to help people, but it's very specifically to point them to Jesus, to direct them to Jesus, because Jesus is the altogether lovely one. He's the lily of the valley. He's the fairest of 10,000. We point people to Jesus. Unashamedly, I wanna make it clear today and reemphasize this aspect of helping people know Jesus. And this includes bringing the unsaved to Jesus, but also it includes bringing believers into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that lovely? Maybe you're listening to me today and you're a believer. You've been serving the Lord for at least five years. 
And I wanna tell you that part of this helping people know Jesus is taking believers on in their walk with the Lord. Knowing and experiencing God is the pursuit of all pursuits. It's the greatest pursuit of our lives. And we were called to know God and we were called, created for His glory. Created to know Him, created for His glory. Now, in Ephesians, uh, sorry, Philippians chapter three, the apostle Paul, he challenges us and he inspires us through speaking about his own life, but he's inspiring us to know Jesus in a deeper way. And it says, please follow with me, I'm reading in the NIV Bible today. Philippians three, verse seven to 10, Paul says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. All of those accomplishments in the law as a Pharisee of Pharisees, circumcised on the eighth day and, and all of his pedigree and all of his credentials, all the things that he could boast of, he says that those things which were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Do you see where Paul's target is? For the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. That's what we're talking about today, knowing Jesus. Of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Do you see the focus of his heart? that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And then he says these words in verse 10, the last verse we're looking at. He says, I want to know Christ. Can you say the same thing today? Do you have that same passion in your heart? I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Maybe the part we don't like to say, becoming like him in his death. I wanna tell you, if you are perhaps at a place of stagnation in your spiritual walk with God, if you take these three verses, Philippians 3, verse seven to 10, and just begin to meditate on them, they will take you out of that place of complacency and they will set you, engage you again in the pursuit of God. And so do you see that these words of Paul are challenging? They're not Sunday morning comfort zone stuff. These things are challenging in terms of pursuing Christ. But I love those words in verse 10, it says, I want to know Christ, that's in the NIV. In the New King James Version, this is the one I mostly use, it says, that I may know him. Here's the Apostle Paul, that I may know him. It almost sounds as if Paul did not know Christ, but he did. 
because he had an, had an encounter a long time before that on the road to Damascus where Jesus encountered Paul and turned his life completely around and suddenly he wasn't out to kill and persecute Christians but now he was determined to know Jesus more and now suddenly see more and more Christians in the planet and see the churches grow and develop. I wanna tell you that is an example of a transformed life, of a total conversion when somebody just wanted to kill every Christian in sight and now all of a sudden, all they can think about is Jesus and the church and the mission of the church and God revealing his manifold wisdom from the ch through the church. I wanna tell you, that is a transformed life. A transformed life that has been truly transformed will, I believe, be a life that's always after Jesus. Always after. I love the fact that in my dad's life, now, he went to be with the Lord many years ago, but in my dad's life, I saw a man who was perpetually going forward in the things of God. Even though he had served God for many years, converted at the age of 18, and, and here he was into his 50s, he passed away at 57, he set an example for our church. He set an example for us as a family of a man who was in pursuit, hot pursuit of God. Hot pursuit of God. Now, so it sounds like Paul was saying that I may know him as if he didn't know Christ, but he sure did know Jesus. He had an encounter. And basically Paul saying that I may know him, he was referring to his unquenchable desire to discover and know Jesus in an ever-increasing way. And that's what I'm hoping you will get a hold of a little bit today. The desire to know Jesus in an ever-increasing way. Sometimes if you've been serving the Lord for many years, you can possibly become stagnant in your walk with the Lord. You can be in a comfort zone and you can kind of say, well, I've you know, been there, done that. I've bought the T-shirt. I've attended some big conferences and, you know. But you can actually get into a place where God is not pleased because you're in a place of stagnation. I wanna tell you, Paul was not stagnating and neither should you and I stagnate and so I wanna encourage you today, church, I wanna encourage you that you keep, I wanna urge you actually, that you keep on moving forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I wanna tell you, even if you don't realize it, there's more, there's more, there's more. Come on, there is more. It says in John 17, verse three, and this is eternal life that they may know you. What are we talking about today? Knowing Jesus. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so I'd like to say and ask you this. Is your relationship with Jesus the most important thing in your life? Because I wanna tell you, according to biblical principles, it should come before your marriage, before your business, before your children, your love for Jesus comes first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus comes first. And so we should see our relationship with Jesus as the most important thing, as the ultimate goal, and that is why this church exists. That is what it is all about, helping people know Jesus. There's a beautiful little verse in Matthew 13, verse 44. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, 
which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Do you see the priority of Jesus? Do you see the priority of the kingdom? <laughs> This man sees the treasure, he discovers it, he goes and hides it, he rushes home, he sells everything, he sells the car, he sells the house, he sells the wife, he sells the kids, no, I'm just kidding. He sells everything, but he's gonna get a hold of that field, and Paul was just like that. No wonder God used him. No wonder God used him to pen so much of the New Testament, because he was a man with an insatiable hunger for Jesus. He was a man seeking the precious pearl, that pearl of great price. And I want to tell you, it is worth the sacrifice in order to discover Jesus. It is always worth the sacrifice. Now, you might say, John, I hear you talking about pushing forward in your relationship with the Lord, about Paul's unquestionable hunger for God. But how do I get it? Well, one of the things is you take a portion of scripture like this and you begin to meditate on it. And as you open your heart and say, Holy Spirit, let me read Philippians 3, verse 7 to 10. But would you stir my heart with a hunger that is from heaven? Because we can't really come to God unless he draws us. And that not only in terms of salvation, that is also in terms of the ongoing walk with God. The Spirit of God needs to draw us, but we need to first be saying, God, I desire. God, I lean forward. And you read a passage of scripture and you let the word of God transform you because it is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between bone and marrow. And I wanna tell you, a passage like this can take you out of complacency and say, I'm just sensing a new fire beginning to burn within me. But how do you get to know Jesus in a deeper way? Simply put, by seeking him. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. How do you get to know Jesus in a way, deeper way by seeking him? And there's many ways in which you can seek him. You can seek him through prayer. You can seek him through prayer, which is talking, communicating to God. You can seek him through worship. You can seek him through the word. You can also seek him through fellowship with the body of Christ. Part of discovering Jesus is discovering his body and seeing attributes of Jesus in many different people. Part of discovering Jesus is by seeking him through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, your senior partner in life, through simply loving him. At times you just say, Lord, I love you. I lift my heart up to you. I let my heart find its delight in you. You can seek God through communion, partaking in communion. You can seek God through waiting on God and through time with God. There's a passage in Jeremiah 29, verse 23 to 4. And it basically says, listen, if you're gonna boast in anything, boast in the fact that you know me. Let me read it to you. Thus says the Lord God, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, nor the mighty man glory in his might, nor the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. We're talking about knowing Jesus today. Jesus said, if you want to boast about one thing, <laughs> let it be that you know me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in all the earth, for within these I delight, says the Lord. I want to tell you, 
that knowing God is what it is all about. That's why he would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, because it's all about knowing Jesus, knowing God, and he wants you to know him too. There's a beautiful song, which I heard some years ago. It's got this chorus. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best, you're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Isn't that beautiful? It's about knowing the Lord Jesus. And so I wanna encourage you, keep on pressing on in your walk with the Lord. Let's go over into a time of communion. We asked you to prepare and have the bread and the cup ready. And in these few moments that we have remaining, let us partake in communion. Now it says in Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28, now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us partake. Lord, we thank you that we can lift up the bread to you today. And as we break this bread, we remind ourselves of what you went through, dear Lord, on the cross. Thank you that you paid the way for salvation. Thank you that you paid the penalty for our sins. And now, Lord Jesus, we celebrate the body of the Lord and the blood of the Lord today, the body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Heavenly Father, we lift up the cup. The bread represented your body. The cup, we know, represents the blood of Jesus. And it is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all our sin. Lord, we take a moment to say, for anything that we've done lately that just hasn't been right, hasn't pleased you, we confess it to you. Thank you that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we thank you for this awesome privilege of partaking in the covenant meal, the blood of the Lord shed for you. Now, just as you there, maybe you can keep your eyes closed just for a moment and just let gratitude well up in your heart 
for all that God has done for you. He's been so good to you. He loved us so much that he did not spare his own son. And with him, he will give us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So we thank you, Lord, for victory. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. And we will go about living as the redeemed. We will not live as though we are sinners. We were sinners, but now we are redeemed. And your word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And that means that we declare, I am redeemed. Won't you say that with me? I am redeemed. One more time. I am redeemed. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a joy to be with you together today on this, our 15th birthday celebration. And we wanna thank you for joining us. We pray that you would have a happy day full of the joy of the Lord, full of the peace of God. Thank you for being with us and God bless you.